welcome to Social School Podcast, hosted by Kristen Busquette of Your Social Mate, where we come to you every Tuesday with the scoop on what's happening in the world of social media. If you like what you hear today, we have an incredible mentorship program where we help creators monetize their influence that we'd love to chat with you about. So shoot us a DM. While you're here, we'd also love to hear your feedback. If you love this episode, leave our podcast a review. We also post a ton of social media tips on our social media profiles at Your Social Mate and at KBoosk. So today is our year of 2021 wrap up. I have so much to go over with you today, but I had to get it started on this piece of news that feels like it perfectly wraps up the year of 2021. So TikTok is actually going to be coming out in the next year with delivery only eateries. Okay, like TikTok is opening their own chain restaurant, which is the craziest thing ever. I feel like this is exactly where social media is headed into like our real life. But I had to talk about this because I was laughing so hard when I first saw it. And I was like, why does this just feel like it perfectly just sums up the year for me. So basically, they are going to convert viral recipe videos from the app into theme menu items. And basically, the menu will update quarterly. So every quarter, you'll get a whole new menu of all these viral foods that went viral on TikTok, and you'll be able to get them delivered to your house. So I was like, oh, this is probably something that you're only going to see in like, you know, Los Angeles or whatever. And they actually plan to launch 300 locations that will start delivering in March of next year. So only a few months away. And they plan to open uh, a thousand more restaurants by the end of next year. That's crazy. TikTok is clearly a beast uh, to be taken seriously. Obviously, they have some ideas up their sleeves. So if this is the way they're starting off 2022, I'm very interested to see what happens next. And then another quick piece of news before we get into the tea for today's episode. Um, They're also working on a repost option for TikTok. So this is something one of the app developers that I follow, I had seen from him. And basically, you'll be able to click on the share button on a TikTok video, and then there will be a repost button that you'll be able to repost a video. So I had actually asked him just today after I saw the post go live, what does this actually look like in your feed? And does it actually go to your feed? So I haven't heard back yet. Once I hear back, I will definitely update you on that likely next week, or maybe I'll never hear back. I don't know. We'll find out. But yeah, that would be really cool. A repost option. I would be very curious to know, like maybe it will go onto like a separate tab on your TikTok. I'm not really sure. This week has been really, really chill, thankfully, because of the holidays and everything. So I'm thinking that starting in the new year, we'll be seeing more and more updates and things that are coming for 2022. But today I wanted to come on here solo. We won't have a guest, but I have so much stuff that I want to talk to you about. I feel like I've had so much just like feels this year, working in social media, starting my own business, having a really successful but a really hard year. So I wanted to go through the highs and the lows of both social media in general, as well as what I personally experienced this year. So that's what we're going to do for today's episode. And I hope you enjoy this. It just feels right to kind of wrap up the year this way. And I'm very excited to listen back at the end of next year to see all the craziness that ensues in 2022. (laughs) First thing I want to talk about today is just a little wrap up of kind of like the biggest news or the biggest updates of the year this year. First of all, we we have to talk about TikTok. I mean, if I've said this before, if you're not on TikTok yet, you are definitely needing to get on TikTok because at this point, so they said TikTok, the platform will exceed 1.5 billion users next year. 
billion. Like that's a lot of people. That is so many people. If you're a small business, that is a billion people, over a billion people that could be customers. If you are a creator, that is over a billion people that could be new followers and find value from your content. Like you're missing out on a huge market if you're not there. So if you're not on TikTok, moral of the story is get on TikTok. But if you are on TikTok and you're still a little unsure, use the next few weeks to really educate yourself and do a lot of research because this is going to be something that in 2022, I feel like you're not going to be able to avoid being on TikTok. And if you do, again, you're missing out so much. So, I mean, their their domination of 2021 is so serious and I can only imagine again what's coming for them next year. This was also the first full year of Instagram Reels, and I want to dive into this a little bit more in my kind of like personal experiences segment today, but I feel like I had so many mixed feelings on Reels. There were times when I really enjoyed Reels, and towards the end of the year, I I kind of honestly gave up on Reels a little bit. So we'll talk about that, but this was the first full year of Reels, so I'm really curious to know what people's thoughts were. Feel free to send me a DM. I'd love to have a conversation with you about your thoughts on Reels, because honestly, I just have such mixed feelings. (laughs) Like, my brain is all over the place when it comes to Reels. The other thing that is so important this year to know and to note for next year, influencer marketing is going nowhere, okay? Like, if you are listening to this and you're like, listen, I am... I'm a creative person. I have a lot to say. I would love to be an influencer, a content creator, and there's something holding you back that makes you feel like, well, there's just too many people that are doing it. You know, maybe I, maybe I should find something else to do. Like, this is the time. Get on it now. It's only getting bigger. It is only getting bigger. The last few years have shown that. So, you hopping on right now, there's room. There is definitely room. So, make sure that you don't let those things hold you back because there's no reason for it. It's only you That's saying that to yourself because you're scared. So if you're nervous, just start, okay? That is my goal for you for 2022, just start. Now, if you are on the other end and you're a small business owner, influencer marketing is not going anywhere. So start working with influencers. They are very powerful, especially micro-influencers, which is something we'll talk about a little bit more this episode, but micro-influencers are definitely trending and they're very, very useful when it comes to making money back on your investment in originally investing in influencer marketing. So just know it's not going anywhere no matter which side of that partnership you're on. TikTok and Instagram both release creator funds this year because they know how serious influencers and creators are at this point in time. And they actually gave out millions of dollars this year to creators to, again, help them on this platform, take it more seriously and understand that there is money to be made on all of these apps for social media. So just saying, it's time to uh, think about influencer marketing or again, get into it if if you're holding yourself back because you're nervous. So this year for me was actually, it's so weird to look back on the year because it was so good, but it was so hard all at the same time. And I kind of like wrote some bullet points about how my year went and I want to go through those with you because I feel like I had a lot of learning experiences this year. This was actually my first full year in business. I have been a creator for a very long time but I have always had kind of like side jobs or I own you know like another business or things like that with a partner and this was my first year literally doing it all myself and 
it was, there was a lot of learning experiences. So the start of the year, I know from, from last year and even the year before a little bit, one thing that was huge in the influencer world was edits from like Pixar and all the prequel, all those different apps where you can add like the stickers on it. And that's where I really felt the most comfortable. I know I started with that in right around the pandemic time and I absolutely loved it. It felt like a really good way for me to get creative and then, you know, everyone else was doing it. It was so much fun. We had this really awesome community of all these people who are doing like these cool sticker edits and I found myself gaining a ton of followers. Like everything was going great. Of course, this was in the middle of the pandemic too, so who knows how much that helped me, but I I felt like the beginning of this year, I still had that pressure of posting photos with stickers on them because I knew how well they performed last year and because I knew that, like, it was a thing, you know, everyone was doing it. And again, like, I, I felt like I was on fire. Everything was going really well. But at the start of the year, I was like, you know what, this, I definitely still have to be sharing these, like, Pixar edit photos. And also another thing that I kind of started to do in 2020 carried on into this year for more than half the year were these photos that I would take up against like bright colorful walls and I understand that color was kind of like trending over the last couple of years for me color will never go away like I that's something I genuinely love I didn't do that because it was trending like I already really loved that but I found my space in 2020 to really shine when it came to color because it was something again everyone was excited about probably because it was such a horrible miserable year last year so obviously you know coming into 2021 and in 2020 we're like we need something to brighten things up so that's where that colorful kind of trend came from but the even this year I just felt like if I didn't take a picture up against a plain colorful wall, I was like, oh, well, this post is obviously going to perform horribly. And even though I felt like kind of bored with it and like I was stuck in this box of I have to shoot up against a plain wall, I did it because I felt like it wasn't going to, things weren't going to perform well if I didn't. And it really sucks looking back on it now because I wish that I had just done the things that I wanted to do, like, you know, cooler locations or like different poses and things like that. But I was like, oh, well, I need this plain wall so I can put the stickers behind it and da 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 da. So, for the beginning half of this year, I really did feel like a lot of pressure to do what was trending and do things that I knew would perform well, even though they weren't the things that necessarily got me excited. I I definitely loved it, don't get me wrong. I would never do it if I hated it, but I was just bored with it at a certain point. And I remember in maybe like the end of spring, early summer, I decided, you know what? I'm not gonna put these stickers on my photos anymore and like there are just so many cool places in Charlotte that I want to shoot at but I'm so limited in this box and so I took the plunge and I said all right we're gonna incorporate them in from time to time I'm not gonna like click and immediately be you know moving on to different things but I'm gonna slowly transition out of doing what I feel like I have to do and doing more of what I really am excited to do and what I want to experiment with. And I definitely think that was the best change that I made in 2021 because honestly, I'd probably still be creating the same kind of photos up against the same walls and feeling really bored with it. So I'm really happy that I took the pressure off of myself to say like, even if this performs not as well as I'd like it to, 
I liked making it a lot more. And I think that when you make those kind of transitions, you're definitely going to see like a drop. Of course, if people were following me for colorful walls and, and Pixar stickers and I stopped doing it, of course, they're going to unfollow if they're not really interested in the rest of what I provide. So if you are thinking of making any changes like that, I think you have to go into it knowing like, this may not go well at first, but eventually people are going to be like, wow, I really like her new content and you're going to find new people who will come over and really enjoy it. So I definitely think it's worth if you want to make the change to feel more excited about your content and you're nervous that it won't perform well, go into it with ex expectations that it's not going to perform well. And then when it starts to pick up, you're going to be really excited to have this community who really appreciates what you put out and knows that it's stuff that you really enjoy creating. So that was a change that I made this year. With that, I definitely will say in the beginning of the summer is when I started to see a huge drop in engagement. And this is something I know every single person listening struggles with. I kept asking myself when I would see, you know, less likes, less comments, all these people that used to be here and used to be commenting and liking and DMing me and like hanging out with me all the time kind of weren't there anymore. And I don't think anyone necessarily did it intentionally, but I think a lot of, again, like reach was really weird for a lot of this year. And like, again, maybe they didn't love my new photos and there are a million different ways that I can speculate why the engagement dropped, but I think something that was really comforting for me was that I was not alone. I mean, every one of my mentorship students experienced it. So many of my friends experienced it. Like, it, it was like everyone I was talking to this summer was just like, oh, is engagement total shit for you? Yeah, it is for me too. Like, well, what are we going to do about it? Because obviously, you know, we're checking all of our boxes and stuff just still isn't performing the way it used to. I tried to think about, you know, aside from my content, like what are the other external factors that could be playing a part in why this is not performing as well? I think summer has a lot to do with it because of course people are doing more in the summer. So people are on their phones a little bit less, but I felt like I was creating really awesome content. So I was like, where are these people? So I definitely saw a big drop in engagement in the summer. That was when it really started for me. And it was coincidentally around the same time that I kind of changed my style up with my content. So I'll never really know what that was all about. But I've just tried to sense that point until today and beyond. Like I'm trying to get more and more comfortable with not beating myself up over numbers. And it's so hard. It is so hard. I've talked about this in our first episode when Andrew was on, you know, like this is something that like if if I have posts that don't perform well, it literally affects my income. And that's really scary, you know, and especially when it's so easy for people to just like leave a quick comment or, you know, hit the double tap the photo. It's like, what are you going to do? Beg people? You know, there's only so much we can do. And so I try and, and get more and more comfortable with the idea of just like, you know, put this piece of content out there because you really love it and whatever happens, happens, but it's not that easy. It is absolutely not that easy. I feel like for me, I have a little bit tougher of a time than the everyday creator because I'm also a mentor. So, you know, a lot of the times my posts aren't performing the way I want them to. So it's, 
it's almost like if your esthetician had acne, you'd be like, why are you telling me what to do? Like, yours doesn't look that great. You know, like, obviously, it's something that just happens to everyone. And even if your esthetician was doing everything perfect, it could still have acne. So, like, I kind of feel that way about mentorship. You know, like, I know what's right to do. And, like, I know the steps that people need to take. But sometimes they just don't work the way that they you want them to. Sometimes things are just out of your hands. And so, as a mentor, but also as a creator, I've been really trying to drill that into my head. Because for the next year, that's, like, a mentality that I really want to focus on. I have to stop getting so, not upset, but just, like, disappointed that things aren't performing as well as I'd like them to. Andrew and I talk about this all the time, and I'm so lucky to have him because I, I mean, the poor guy, I must literally rant to him about this multiple times a week or even multiple times a day on some days. But like he said to me the other day, because I was talking about how growth has been so hard in the last year, and he was like, look, you're like almost at the same point you were last year, and you've literally worked with 86 brands this year. Like, it doesn't matter to a certain point worse I'm still doing okay you know I think during COVID obviously with everyone being home I was used to my engagement being like you know like a five six percent which is above average I don't even need to have it that high but that's what I was used to and I you know I had such validation from that so this year when things changed so much everyone kind of went back to normal life now I'm back towards a three percent engagement rate, which is industry standard so it's literally exactly where I need to be it still just feels like I'm doing so bad (laughs) it's so dumb because it's just all a mindset thing and and again like I'm going to talk about some things that I am aiming to change for the next year but that's like the biggest one and I, I think so many people need to like listen to my words and really let them sink in like numbers don't equal validation I'm going to tell myself that I'm going to like start manifesting that. I'm going to say affirmations every morning. The numbers do not equal validation. Okay. Are we on the same page? (laughs) So, okay. Summer happened. I was seeing less and less engagement. This is when I said, you know what? I'm going to go in on reels. I said, I'm going to just post a reel. Like every single one of my posts, I'm going to turn it into a reel instead of a photo because reels seem to be popping off. This person's got a reel. It's going crazy. This one just hit a million. Like everyone had reels that were going crazy. So I said, I'm going to try it. We're going to see what happens. And it's been a real hit or miss experience for me with reels. I have to say like, I've had certain videos that have popped off on Reels and it's been great. You know, I've gotten some that have like over 100,000 views and and I think I had one that was like almost close to 500,000 views. So I had a few videos really pop off and that's cool and everything, but I just feel like there hasn't been enough like community building within Reels that it makes it worth it for me, I guess. It's kind of a weird way of putting it. I noticed that the reels that hit for me this year were like big life moments, like our engagement. I did a reel or like funny, relatable reels. I had one about like Andrew sneaking things into the grocery cart while I was not looking and discovering them when I get home. Or like I did one, you know, you're dating an influencer when, and then I would go into all these funny things that influencers do. And like those did really well. My income and expenses videos did really well. So I had a few like series that performed really well. But again, I just don't feel like there was enough return on them that it made it worth it to like compromise the quality of my content. 
this sounds kind of weird, but for me, I come from a photography background. I like beautiful, crisp, high quality images. Like I hate a cell phone video. I hate it, but I know that it's easier and that's the direction that a lot of things are going in and that's fine because it's less work, but it never feels like it's up to par for me in terms of quality. So like I said, okay, I'm going to I'm going to ditch my beautiful, high quality, uh, crisp photos that I really enjoy and I'm really comfortable with and I'm going to record cell phone videos. That felt really weird for me and I just don't feel like me kind of wasting the photos that I was taking just as real covers was worth the few videos that kind of popped off and everything else was just like, all right. So for me, I I didn't really love reels, even though I tried, again, like going really hard with them to see what would happen. Later on in the year, just a few months ago, I pretty much stopped doing reels altogether and I would just post a couple to just the reels tab when I was experimenting with some of my students but honestly for me I I really don't feel like reels is all it's cracked up to be and a lot of the times like the videos that I shoot will perform better on TikTok. <laughs> so like, yes, I'll post it just to the Reels tab because it's already made, sure, but I'm not expecting anything out of it. If I put it on TikTok though, I typically know that it's going to perform well. So that's just what I've gathered from Reels. I feel like once it became more and more popular, it got more difficult for your videos to blow up or to even like be seen in the first place. So honestly, I, I had a lot of mixed feelings with it. One other thing I will say about reels, especially in Q4, I've noticed that so many videos are like the exact same style of this aspirational, like quick clips or quick images, like flashing to the beat of a song. And I love watching those, but like those feel so forced and so almost like fake to me like it feels too much like Instagram like let me pick all these perfect little clips of my trip here or my my day in the golden hour soaked sunshine you know like that is so unrealistic for the most part like half the trips that a lot of these influencers are posting that you know have those fast clips and they sync with the music and look so oh my gosh I want to go here like so exciting they probably had a horrible time and just spent the whole time working or like you just never know what's happening behind the scenes so I really didn't love those style of videos and I don't I can't see myself ever making them, but I will say when I scroll through the Reels tab anytime during the last three, four months of the year this year, I have seen so many of those videos that I just never want to see another one again. <laughs> like, I, tell me I'm not alone, please, someone. Yeah, I don't know. So to wrap it up on Reels, I honestly, at this point, I'm kind of over them. I'm waiting for Instagram to change my mind. I always am, you know, experimenting and playing around with things. But at this point, when I post a Reel, it brings down my engagement rate. And for me, that number is the most important out of all the numbers. And so I just don't, I don't feel like it's worth compromising my engagement rate just so I can reach more people who may actually not even follow. <laughs> Doesn't seem worth it to me, but you do your thing. If you're doing reels and they're blowing up for you and you're having a lot of success, then keep doing them. Don't let me stop you. So next topic I want to move on to is kind of like organization and process. Obviously, owning a business, whether you're a small business owner or a content creator, or whatever, you know that it's a lot of work and there's a lot to keep track of. For me, I'm like a very <laughs> type A 
control freak type of person. So that kind of stuff does come a little bit more naturally to me, thankfully. But I basically was able to like get all of my my things that I need to keep track of and get them in a really perfect streamlined process this year, which is really exciting going into next year because I know that it's going to be beautifully organized in the year of 2022. I've already got all my spreadsheets ready for the year and everything. I want to tell you a few things though that I learned and a few resources that you could check out if you are looking for a little bit of help with organization and kind of like streamlining your process. So I tested out a ton of different like digital calendar apps. I'm always a planner person. Oh yeah, we launched a planner this year. That was cool too. I'm a big planner person. I like writing things down, but I also like having things on my computer in case I don't have my notebook with me and I need to just like look at my phone quick for something. So I started using the best calendar app and honestly, like I can't even think of anything I would change about it to make it better. And like, I've tried everything, so I feel like this really says a lot. So it's actually, it's called Fantastical, which like horrible name, first of all, but it basically allows you to merge all of your calendars and your to-do list into one. So basically, I have like my social media calendar, I have a podcast calendar, I have like my Instagram calendar, my personal calendar. Those are all in the same spot, which is great. And you could do that on Google already, so it's not like the exciting part. The exciting part is like if I go on my phone and say, you know, remind me tomorrow at 9 a.m. to do this, this, and this, that will go on my calendar as a reminder. And I can also add tasks on to certain days because sometimes I'm like, oh, okay, I want a newsletter to go out on Wednesday. Like, okay, I need to do this on Tuesday. So I can write it as a task that I can just check the box and it will go away once I'm done with it on this calendar. So it's called Fantastical. I did pay a small yearly fee. It wasn't anything crazy, but I'm not kidding. It's really worth it. And they have a phone app too. That's really great. I, I literally have no complaints. So I really love it. Another thing that I did this year that was really, really awesome for organization and came in handy multiple times was I organized all of my content in Dropbox. So I basically kept all of my original content and all of my final edited content in Dropbox folders by month. And then inside there, I would do like by brand or by date that I shot the content. So for example, like if it was a partnership for this month, I would go into my December folder. I could choose original content or final content, like edited content. And then I would have the folders in there too. And that was really good because a lot of the times, like after I'm done editing a photo, I might like delete the originals. I kept all of my originals for any time in the future when I want to reuse those photos, like with a different preset on them. Or if a brand was like, hey, this is cool, but like, can you re-edit this a little bit differently or whatever it is. It was nice to be able to like find all of that content really quickly and easily. So Dropbox was a lifesaver this year. I use it religiously. I also perfected all of my Notion spreadsheets this year. So if you've never used Notion before, it's kind of weird to explain. It's just an organizational app, but basically Notion allows you to make spreadsheets, like all kinds of different templates, to-do lists, like mood board. I mean, you could literally do everything on there. It's like Google Drive, but way cooler in my opinion. <laughs> so Notion, I use for all my partnership tracking, tracking of my income and expenses, like all of my podcast notes and episodes. I mean, I literally track everything in my Notion and I basically got my spreadsheets perfected this year so that I have all the information that I need 
on all of these spreadsheets so that I don't have to go like, for example, digging through it, my emails to try and find like the hashtags that I need to use on a post that I'm going live with. I have it on this spreadsheet now. It is beautiful. If you are an organizational person, you will really appreciate this. And it is actually something that we have in our mentorship program resources page. There's a ton of like templates, content calendar, all kinds of stuff like that. So that's something that I'm sharing the wealth with my mentorship students. But it is something that I'm considering popping up on Etsy. So if that's something you're thinking about, let me know and maybe I'll do it. Last organizational kind of uh, logistics thing that I did this year that it was the best thing I could have really ever done for myself and I will definitely be continuing on into the next year. Um, I started using Wingspan. So if you type in Wingspan, sometimes this game comes up. You have to type in Wingspan app, okay? I think it's literally called like wingspan.app, the website. But basically, it is for freelancers, self-employed people to track all of your income and expenses, pay your quarterly taxes, send invoices. I mean, you can do seriously like everything on here. But basically, it's around $20 a month. I started using it this year in February. And I am so happy that I did because it's been just so easy to like track my income and expenses. Last year in 2020, I had a spreadsheet and I was basically just going through and like going onto my bank statement on one screen and then having my spreadsheet in another screen and I would have to type out every single transaction and the amount and da, 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 like so annoying. And so basically what I ended up doing on Wingspan was signing up, linking my debit card uh, for my business so that now all I have to do once a week, I go on usually every Friday, I pop on there and it shows me everything I spent money on and everything I got money in from. And basically I just say like what kind of expense it was. It's like, okay, so this was a prop. Okay, supplies. This was uh, for Canva. Okay, software. Like, and I just categorize everything. It takes all of three minutes and that's all I have to do. So now come tax time, I'm gonna print that fat worksheet out and I'm gonna say, here you go accountant. I'm literally your best client ever. <laughs> so yeah, it's $20 a month. What I like the most about it though is that you can actually, you can see like what your estimated taxes will be. Cause I know for me, when I first started making like real money as someone who is self-employed, I had no idea what to expect for taxes and I was very, very surprised when I saw that I owed like $10,000 and I was like, I don't have $10,000 to give you right now. So yeah, if you don't want that to happen to you, when when you're on Wingspan, you'll see your income, you'll see your expenses, and then it will say like estimated of what you might owe based on what you put in for income and expenses. So I've been prepared all year for the amount of money that I'm going to owe come tax time, which is really great. And it also helped me with my estimated quarterly taxes as well. If you're not doing that as a business owner, I think you should look into it because you're going to get fee spammed with fees. If not, that's worth looking into for sure if you haven't. But yeah, if you're interested in looking into Wingspan, it is something that I have a link in my bio. I think they give you a free 30-day trial. And the cool thing is if you really like it in that 30 days and you're like, yes, I'm definitely signing up. First of all, definitely sign up now so that or in January so that you can start tracking from the beginning of the year. Because if you sign up in June, June or something, you can only go back two months to get your income and expenses. But I'm really telling you because it's fucking awesome and I use it every single day. 
So yeah, next thing I want to move on to next category here is engagement. So I touched on this a little bit earlier in this episode. Honestly, it was just a really hard year for engagement. I think overall for most people, if you're listening to this and don't agree, I'm surprised. (laughs) I don't know. I didn't even have anything to say because I don't think anyone is going to not agree. But halfway through the year, for me, my engagement just completely tanked. I was seeing about 30 to 40% less engagement than I did at that point last year. So that was really surprising and hard for me, if I'm being honest. I spent less time this year engaging on people's posts because... I just honestly used to feel like I had to and I hate those like forced comments where it feels like you're just engaging so that I'll come comment back. So I didn't want to do that to other people and so I spent less time engaging and more time in the DMs with people or like trying to create better connections with people. So it was more for me this year when it comes to engagement about quality over quantity. I just did what I felt was manageable. Honestly, I know there are a lot of things out there that say, you know, 30 minutes before, 30 minutes after. And while there's a lot of truth to that, I just don't think it's realistic to do every single time you post, especially if you're not someone who does this full time. I do and I still don't feel like I have the time. So, I just did what I felt was manageable and yes, my engagement suffered from it, but also I was just way less overwhelmed and I felt a lot less pressure, I will say. And again, I spent more time in the DM. So it wasn't like I wasn't engaging with people this year. I just felt like I wanted to have more meaningful connections with people instead of just like, oh my gosh, love this. Your jacket's so cute. I love this pic. I'm fucking sick of that. You guys, we have to do better. We have to do better. I'm telling you, like, I, I did a post about this early, actually it was earlier this year, and I remember like everyone was just like, yeah, I totally get what you're saying, I totally feel you, and then there were people who literally commented on that post, oh my god, I love this video, and I was like, you actually must not have watched it, or else you're living in an alternate universe. Oh, I can't, but I'm telling you, like, going forward, can we please all just agree to have more genuine interactions with people? I'm fucking sick of the forced stuff. We have to stop with that, truly. This year, in terms of engagement, making those really strong connections with people in the DMs instead actually led me to meeting quite a few of my Instagram friends. For the first time, actually, my best friend Jordan, hi Jordan, if you're listening, I met Jordan through Instagram. She's literally a bride made in my wedding (laughs) like it's it's crazy the power of the internet and I'm so happy that I did spend more time talking with people and actually getting to know people quality over quantity because I've actually made some of my best friends from most of my best friends actually from Instagram (laughs) it's kind of crazy to think about honestly The next thing that I want to talk about is growth because this was a topic that I did not have a lot of fun with this year, if I'm being completely honest with you. It was probably the most stressful of all the things that I deal with on a daily basis. I feel like so many people have this mindset of, if I have more followers, life will be better. I'll have more friends, I'll have more money, I'll have more connections, I'll have, you know, more, more, more. And... I am glad to see, I do think the mindset is shifting a little bit because I have noticed a lot more people are like not as focused on growth and more engagement, which honestly is the way that I think that it should be. But yeah, I I just wish that more people would change that mindset. Again, numbers do not 
equal success. They really don't. I, and again, Andrew and I had this conversation. He was like, you didn't really grow this year and you're still making double what you made last year. You have a successful business. You have great content. You have an audience who loves you. Like, what more do you want? (laughs) And I was like, okay, fine. That makes sense. But when it did come to growth this year, I had some good things and some bad things happen that I would love to talk to you about. So first I discovered Flick this year. I mean, you must have already heard me talk about Flick about a thousand times. Flick is a hashtag platform. If you want more information on Flick, just send me a DM. I'll send you info, but I'm not going to go into it again today because I will not shut up about it. And it's time for me to shut up about it just right now. But basically I started using it about midway through the year and I don't think I'll ever go back if I'm being honest. I really, really love it. And I've found the most hashtag success that I've ever found through Flick. So I definitely would say if you're someone who's having issues with hashtags, this is the place to be. So definitely look into Flick. It was something that helped me a lot this year. For me this year, my numbers my follower number specifically was going up and down and up and down and up and down. I mean, every single week, every single month compared to this time last year, like I said, I'm almost at the exact same follower number. And that got me down for a lot of this year. I was very upset about that. And every time I would talk to Andrew about it, he always told me, dude, who cares? Like you have so much other stuff going for you. Everything is going great. Your business is booming. Like This number is probably one of the most irrelevant numbers that we look at as creators. The big thing I think that makes creators want to have more followers is obviously because if you have more followers, you can charge more money. So I get that part. But once you feel like you're at a good place in terms of what you're charging, Growth is just like an extra added benefit at that point, in my opinion, honestly. I started to remove this year like a ton of followers, like, and I'm sure that's one of the reasons why I would go down so much, obviously. I was paying more and more attention this year to who was coming onto my page and if they felt like they really needed to be there. And if they didn't, I removed them. And maybe last year in 2020, that's not something I would have done simply because I wanted to see more followers. I didn't care, you know, like whatever, dudes, creepy dudes, people that don't even have a profile picture, whatever, follow me. It's a follower, right? But at the end of the day, it's not. It's not doing me any good. So I started to really take a hard look at who was following me, especially towards the end of the year this year, and say, like, if you don't need to be here, I am removing you. And, you know, and yes, it made my numbers go down, but I'm becoming more and more okay with that because I really do think follower number is becoming less and less relevant. I went on TikTok, though, from about a little under 2,000 followers at the end of last year to about, I think I'm at 13.5 now. TikTok has been significantly easier to grow on, obviously, as you can see from the growth there. But I will say the quality of followers on TikTok is nothing like Instagram. I do not have as engaged of a community on TikTok as I do on Instagram, even though I do have you know, a pretty decent amount of followers there now. So that growth means a little bit less to me, if I'm being honest, because I just don't feel like it's as strong of a community. And I think a lot of people listening would probably agree with that. This year, okay, (laughs) sorry, I'm just jumping around from bullet point to bullet point, but I was just getting all my thoughts down on this paper. This year, I started to track all of my stats. I started in I think mid-September, I started tracking TikTok, Pinterest, and Instagram, like all the relevant stats there. TikTok is the only platform that I gained almost at 
most weeks uh, at least 100 followers every single week there were a couple where i gained a little bit less than that but most weeks i gained at least 100 followers on tiktok just from putting out consistent content that was within my niche and so Honestly, TikTok has been the best platform for me in terms of growth, but monetizing wise, it's absolutely been Instagram that has brought me the most money. So it's really interesting to step back and think about all the things that I've been beating myself up on and then look at the actual numbers and say like, wow, this literally paid me a bazillion times more than what I made on TikTok, even though I had so much growth on TikTok. So it's important to step back, I think, and look at that because it really does put it into perspective that you don't need to grow like crazy on Instagram to make money. You really don't. It's not all about growth. And I I hope more and more people get that through their heads, myself included. (laughs) I'm really working on it. I also started this year to post my TikTok videos onto Pinterest idea pins. That was something that launched, I believe it was this year. And it gave me a huge increase in my Pinterest views, my monthly views. However, it did not really translate to anything beyond that for me personally. You know, and I put at the end of all the slides, I put a little thing that's like, here's my handles, come follow me if you want more. And I have, obviously there's no way to track how many followers came from Pinterest, but I really don't think it was many to be honest. So, I mean, yes, it's been easy for me to just like put those videos on story pin or idea pins, because they're going to boost my Pinterest monthly views, which if any brand ever wanted to work on a Pinterest partnership, that would be really, you know, useful. But other than that, probably wasn't like super worth it for me. Next thing I want to talk about is partnerships this year. I feel like this is one of the the categories that I feel like I provide the most value on on a daily basis. A lot of my content is about monetizing as a creator. And this is where I really I know I shine this is what I do the best out of everything in my in my tool belt of things that I do with social media so I went through my numbers this year and I was pretty impressed with myself it's cool to look at it at the end of the year because as the year is going on you don't really like pay too much attention to it but when you look at the big number at the end of the year you're like wow and you put it into perspective and you're like I fucking killed it this year and um I think I did. (laughs) So to put it into perspective, last year, I want to say my partnerships were just around $50,000, which is still really awesome. Really, really awesome. I don't know exactly how many brands that I worked with last year. I'd never counted that. But again, like this is my streamlined process. I'm much more organized. So I have some stats I'm going to run by you. I'm really proud of myself and I want to share it with you so that you know that it's possible and that I would really love to help you do the same thing. So I worked on 86 different partnerships this year. Holy shit. (laughs) That seemed like a number that I miscounted at first, but 86 different partnerships. Some were with the same brand, so I'm not, I didn't count how many specific brands, but 86 different partnerships this year resulting in over $110,000. Like I could not even, I never thought I would be making money like that self-employed. I like, why would I, you know, like I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I'd make a simple like what fifty thousand dollars on a good year in my self-employed business I never thought I would be making money like this but this year has been really really awesome with the brands that I've worked with I was able to um you know 
put my rates where they needed to be. And that is absolutely a huge part of why I made this much money. I got really educated on how much I should be charging, but also like how I can turn a, you know, a thousand dollar partnership for a feed post into something that's $4,000 because of usage and whitelisting and all those other exclusivity things like that, that most people don't really know what to charge for. I really hardcore educated myself and I'm educating others on how to turn these little partnerships into much bigger partnerships. And as you can see, it really does change the amount of money you're making at the end of the year. So my highest paid deal this year with one brand was $6,800, which again, like imagine like the feeling I had when I got a check for almost $7,000 for taking pictures and posting them because I love doing it. Like that is the coolest thing. And that's why I have the mentorship program. Like that feeling when I get a check like that, I'm just like, I need everyone to feel this because it's so fucking awesome to know that like you did that. Your creativity just made you $7,000. Like that's amazing. And I should tell myself that more. I really never do. I was actually reading some quote totally off topic the other day and it said something about like taking the moment to appreciate when you do really awesome things before you move on to the next thing that you want to do. And I'm so bad at that. So that's another thing I want to do a little more of next year. Some of the most like name worthy brands that I worked with this year were Chapstick, HelloFresh, Ollie Vitamins, Ritz Crackers, Vera Bradley, Sally Hansen, Paul Mitchell, Vistaprint, T-Mobile, Bando, Suave. Again, like I, every single time I got an email from one of these brands into my inbox, I was like, why me? <laughs> like little old me, are you sure? Are you sure you want to pay me $3,000? Are you sure? And so it was just, again, a really cool feeling to be able to work with brands like this. Like they want to work with us. If we can position ourselves into a place where we're available and we are good fits for these brands, like they're there and they have the money to spend. They want us. So, you know, again, like if I can do, I'm saying all this to tell you, if I can do it, you can do it. There's literally no difference between you and I. There's none. I know it seems like I, you know, I'm coming on here talking about social media every week. I know everything. And I will say I've done obviously a lot of research and educated myself like crazy, but like I am no different than you. Like, all I did was research, research, you know, like, there's no difference. This is something I get asked about a lot. So, I wanted to get, do the math for you. About 30% of my partnerships year, this year were from influencer platforms, most of them being Aspire IQ, Activate, and Hashtag Paid. Those were my most high-paying platforms this year. 50% were inbound emails, so brands that found me. And I will say most of these big brands were inbound emails. And then about 20% of them were pitches that I sent out. So I had a pretty good mix of everything, but I was in a position this year where my content was really strong, my branding was really strong, and more brands emailed me, which is the position that I want everyone else to get into because it's less pitching that you have to do. You have the upper hand because these brands want you. They're the ones who reach out to you, so you have a little bit more negotiation room. But yeah, my my business this year in terms of partnerships on Instagram was the best year I've ever had financially ever 
you know, like even outside of Instagram, the best financial year I've ever had. And I have this mentorship program so I can teach it to you. This was also our first full year in business at SocialMe. I mentored 52 people this year in our one-on-one coaching calls and our mentorship program, which, you know, I see a lot of coaches talking about mentoring thousands of people. And, you know, like we've so many people have gone through our program and that's really awesome. But like for me, this 52 was like a perfect number. I felt so good being able to like spend individual time with all of my different students and really give them what they need. So while it is a small number, I know the impact that I had on all of these students was so much greater than if I had a thousand students that just bought my course and I never talked to them. So I'm so happy with that. 50, 52 people this year. My favorite student successes of this year, one of my students got a partnership that was around $6,000 with Netflix. It was a partnership for the D'Amelio show, like Charlie D'Amelio. That was the coolest. One of my students, she started charging more than double for the same deliverables. So her normal rate for these specific deliverables was around $350. After she joined the program, she started charging $800 for the same deliverables. Another one of my students had their first paid collaboration ever. And guess how much it was? You can't guess because I'm talking to myself. $750. Her first collaboration. Like this, the excitement. It was actually uh, one of my girls, Eliza. Eliza's excitement just really like fired me up. It was amazing. Talking about money, you guys know I'm super transparent. This was my first year in business for Social Mate Official. We started in September of 2020 and our program actually started in January of this year. So basically we brought in over $30,000 in sales and coaching calls and we had over 70 sales on our Etsy shop, which we opened in mid-September. So just four-ish months of business. And we sold about $2,000 in planners and eBooks. The eBooks in the last two weeks have been going crazy. We've been selling multiple every single day. I don't know if they're like on a cool place on Etsy somehow or what happened there, but that is flying off the shelves. Our planner has been doing better and better every week that goes on. And that was something I really beat myself up about this year. In September, we launched that planner and I expected it to sell the fuck out. Like the excitement around it, I was waiting for, I was like, no problem, sell out. I definitely did not even near sell out. I think I only sold maybe 20 planners, 25 planners in the first week of our launch and I was beat the fuck up over that. Like I... I had such high expectations and I still to this day don't know why the launch didn't go more successfully. But again, like I have tried to remind myself that as time goes on, you know, these things get they catch on more and more. So like even with the podcast, our first episode didn't have 100,000 views. Like of course, you know, like we are growing every single week and it is a process and I have tried to remind myself of that with my business and with the podcast every single week and that takes so much of the, the pressure off for me to like stop feeling so bad that it didn't perform as well as I thought it did it would or that I didn't I put the wrong expectations in in my head basically we hired our first employee this year Ella she's amazing we perfected our mentorship program and we're going to be launching the latest version in January of this year and then between coaching calls and social media partnerships this was my best year financially ever in 2020 we ended the year with about $50,000 in uh, sales and partnerships this year we over doubled that so I'm I'm honestly really 
proud of myself with that. But I'm also really proud of myself with the mental health changes that I made this year. That was the next and last category that I wanted to talk to you about. With more partnerships, more income, more coaching students, comes more work, obviously. And then with that comes more stress, more pressure. So honestly, it was a great year, but it was really hard on me mentally. It was my busiest year. I tried to set more boundaries this year, and I think I did a really good job with it, and I will definitely be bringing it into my year next year in my business. I've been trying to, you know, log out by 5 p.m. I've been trying to clock out on weekends, and I've really done a good job of saying no when I need to say no and really setting better boundaries for myself. So that's something I'm, again, really proud of myself for and will definitely be bringing into my business for next year. Um, And then two things I kind of struggled with most this year. I'm not sure why, and I really try and kind of rack my brain to understand it more, but I feel like I experienced a lot of, like, loneliness this year. I think being a creator online in a community where, like, all of your in real life friends aren't creators. It does feel a little lonely and I'm lucky that I have my core group of Instagram friends, like my my best friends Sonia and Becca, who are a text away anytime I need them. But I don't know why loneliness was something that I struggled with a lot this year and I I feel like COVID had a lot to do with it because I was so isolated from people last year that like I would go to an event this year and like kind of felt like just again that that anxiety of like being around other people and like are they gonna like me and like do they understand me and what I do because what I do is kind of weird and different you know and I I'm still trying to do better with that and that's again for the new year something that I'm I'm going to work on more and more but I I have to allow myself to like say I'm feeling a certain way and then do something about it instead of just being in my head like, wah, I'm lonely. Like, I think I need to work on like taking more action when I'm feeling a certain way. And I don't know why, but that's something that I've really just like struggled with for a very long time. But yeah, so that was, that is how 2021 went for me. There were a lot of struggles, a lot of really awesome things. Like, I feel like I was very blessed this year, but I was also really busy and stressed this year. But I I feel right now at the end of 2021, like I am so much more level-headed and I know what I need to do for next year to feel my best, to do my best, you know, and all of those things. So, I set myself some goals for 2022 and I'm going to share them with you because I, there are definitely a lot on here that I think you would also benefit from putting on your little list of goals for the new year. My first thing I want to do, I like to set financial goals because again, it's cool at the end of the year when you're like, yeah, I hit it or I got so close. Um, so, I had about $110,000 in partnerships this year. I want to hit 200k. I feel like this is really ambitious, but I'm feeling like a fire is lit under my ass right now. Um, I'm feeling prepared, so I'm excited to go into the new year. I'm going to hit 200k in partnerships. 
Mark my words. I also want to coach more students next year. We had 52 this year, but we are starting a group coaching program, so we will have room for more students this year. So my goal is to coach 100 students in the year 2020. Our two new services that we're launching, which this is kind of part of my goals, was to launch these two programs. We will still have our Impact to Income Mentorship Program and our one-time coaching calls, but we're also launching a group coaching program called Brand BFF, where we'll basically teach you how to be a brand's BFF and be a really great brand partner, you know, get into more long-term partnerships with brands, uh, monetize really successfully. So that is our group coaching program that will launch early next year. We're also launching our no bullshit Instagram audit because I can't tell you how many people are like, can you look at my page and tell me what to change? And it it's such an in-depth process um, that we're going to have a whole PDF to go through anyone who feels like they would like an audit. So that's something we'll be doing next year. And those are um, two of my big goals, two of my big programs I want to launch for next year. Next year with partnerships, I want to do less brands. I want to work with less brands, but I want to work on more long-term partnerships with the brands I do work with. So, you know, like be more involved with the brands that I'm working with. I also want to do less, well, same amount of sponsored posts, but I want to do more than just sponsored posts. I want to do more, you know, like speaking on panels. I want to do in real life events, takeovers, like product collaborations. I want to just get super involved with the brands that I'm working with instead of just doing like a post and then we we're done. I also kind of two things that Andrew and I are really excited to do in the next year. Hopefully we want to buy an investment property to use as an Airbnb slash like you can rent it for a photo shoe or things like that. And we want to redo a, a house here in Charlotte. Really cool for an Airbnb. So that's definitely something we're going to do. And then we also are going to start looking into the building process as we want to build our own house, like a big custom house. So that's something we're definitely really excited to look into for the next year. And then I have some kind of like mental health goals of mine in 2022. Again, stop trying to grow. I feel like it sounds really weird to put that on my list because I feel like so many other people have on their their goals for 2022, grow to 20K, grow to 50K, whatever it is. My goal next year is to just stop trying to grow. I feel like if I just do what I do best and create the content and have fun and hang out with people, I feel like the rest is just going to come organically. And I so I want to stop putting so much pressure on growth and just see what happens. Again, if I stay at the same place, that didn't do anything bad for me this year. So we'll see what happens, but that's a mindset that I'll be shifting. I also want to find new ways that feel organic for me to connect with my audience instead of just like DMing. What else can I do to really connect with people and like get people involved? That's something I'm going to be brainstorming on. I also, this is kind of a weird thing to say because I really do feel like I'm so myself, like especially here on the podcast, but I feel like I'm so myself on stories and in my posts and everything like that. But Sometimes I'll notice myself almost talking like too much of like a social media expert rather than a friend and that's not me, but I don't really realize it until afterwards when I'm kind of like watching the video or something. So I want to do my best in 2022 to like turn off my like social media expert personality more and just feel totally free with my content. You know, like I want to post more 
you know, easy, like fun things that feel like me and I'm not just posting because I know they're going to perform well. That's definitely something that I would really love to work on. I also want to spend more time outside and more time with my dogs. And this is like, it's really so hard and I'm like getting teary-eyed thinking about it. But this year, my dog Remy passed away and I had so much guilt of just like, I wish I had like gone outside with her more and like, I wish I had spent more time with her and instead of like working all day long and then like at night right before bed, I'm like, oh, hi, Remy, you know, like, and so that's something, especially now that we have a puppy, like I, I want to like spend more time with them and with Andrew and less time working. And I know that's not a very easy goal to set, but it's something I'm going to definitely prioritize because I, you don't realize what you have until it's gone. And this year is definitely that hit me a lot. And my last thing that I want to do here is I want to take more photos in the moment. And I want to tell myself more next year, not every photo I take has to go on Instagram. I feel like I'm so used to taking photos for social media that I stopped taking photos for like just enjoyment and being like, this is what we did and look back at these memories. It was so much fun. And so I do want to work on that in the new year. I think that would be really cool to be able to look back at so many more memories and just like instead of the ones that are like perfectly edited for Instagram. So that is what I plan on doing in 2022. Of course, I will be continuing this podcast. This podcast has literally been like my favorite part of every week and I just don't ever see myself stopping anytime soon. So if you enjoy this, please let me know. Leave us a review. It's the best compliment you can give us and please feel free to send me ideas for anything that you want to see on here. Like I am so open to suggestions and I'm here doing this to help you. So your suggestions are more than welcome. Happy New Year. Thank you all so much. I'm going to get really sappy real quick. I literally would not be able to do anything that I do without you. So I owe everything, all of my success to you guys. And if you're listening, thank you. I love you. And happy freaking new year. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. I hope you love this episode. Don't forget to give us a review and also give us a follow on social media. You can find us at KBoost, K-B-O-U-S-Q, and at your social mate, S-O-U-L, show mate. (laughs) We'll see you guys next time.